Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. Hallelujah. In case you don't know, in case you can't see, I'm excited this morning. Hallelujah. Why am I excited? Because I'm about to teach the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, if you want to get me excited about something, just get me the word. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I can teach it as long as possible. As long as you can see it, I can teach. Praise God. Those who know, know. Glory to Jesus. It's not bragging. It's not chance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Say, I love the word. Say, I love the word. See, even if you don't love the word, just say it so that you don't seem, you don't seem awkward. Say, I love the word. I love the word. But to be honest, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter whether you love it or not. You are here already, so you are going to have to listen to it. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Nero. God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, first of all, let me say this actually. You see, you must learn to respond in Christianity. Hallelujah. You see, I'm, I'm going to talk about this. No, let me just even make a couple of announcements, you know, before I get into the word, because I'm very sure by the time I'm done, I'll not be able to make this announcement. First and foremost, Caruso Camp meeting is coming. Hallelujah. Oh, it's a God. Hallelujah. Times of refreshing. My God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, Caruso Camp meeting is going to be one meeting. I'm not going to forget in a while. Praise Jesus. The memories of the last camp meeting is still fresh in my mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're going to see me in a way you've not seen me before. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why are you standing like this this morning? Stand up on your feet. Get up on your feet. Why are you standing like people that are cold like this this morning? Did anything happen? Is there something that happened that you don't know? Zion, did anything happen? What did you do? You don't? Anyway. Hallelujah. Say I'm a lot. Don't you say? Imagine saying I'm a lot. I don't want that. It's not a lot. Say I'm a lot. Is there anybody among you here that is 30 plus? Hallelujah. Borrow to me. Is there anything I need to know? Still, you are illegal. You're already 30 plus. Amazing. Glory to God. We should have elders follow for Elizabeth. What do you think? Praise God. Say, I'm a lot. Say, I'm a lot. I'm a lot for the word. I'm a lot for the word. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, the word says, I, it says, it says, I rejoice that I word as one who found great support. There's a place to receive the word. Hallelujah. What? You know, you feel like you want to jump at it. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's how to respond to the word. Someone you say, you know, sir, I'm melancholic. That's not really where I am. That's a lie. Glory to Jesus. That's a lie. Did they Liverpool, you know, beat a particular team 9 0? Even though they themselves, it's not like they're, they're even any better, anyways. You know, but did they beat the team 9 0? That's why I knew, ah, some people are not melancholy. Praise God. You know, there's some scores you see, you can't be melancholy. Hallelujah. How do you see 9 0? Even when, I was going to say that when Jesus defeated the devil, I could 9 0. Abba. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, you know, oftentimes, I know when you find people who say, oh, I cannot respond a certain way to certain things, I can't do this and that. Oftentimes, it's because they do not value that thing enough for it to cause a response to them. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. When something matters to you, you will respond a certain way. Glory to God. Have you seen a woman that they proposed to? Particularly one who maybe like Sister Lizzie is 30 plus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sister Lizzie, I'm not the one. I don't have said it. I'm going to use it against you today. Hey, hallelujah. So, you know, you, mean, you know, there's a way they respond. It doesn't matter whether you're melancholic or not. Hallelujah. You know, the baby in their womb leaps for joy. Hopefully there's no baby in the womb. You know, but, <laughs> but something in there just leaps for joy. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So there is a way to respond to the word. Say I respond to the word. Say that the word can command my affection. The word can command my affection. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say I respond to the word. Say it has nothing. I'm responsive to the word. I'm responsive to the word. I'm responsive to the word. Hallelujah. Have your seat. Praise God. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. So today's topic is mirror. Somebody say mirror. Somebody say mirror. God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mirror. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, so I was going to a couple of announcements. So I said, first of all, um, Carousel meeting is coming up in November. It's coming up in November, by the way. More details about it will be, you know, you know, told to you as time goes on. I want to implore you to please prepare. Glory to Jesus. Prepare. Prepare your hearts to receive. Prepare your needs. Come with good news. Amen. Come with notes that cannot easily finish. Hallelujah. Come with notes. Come with more than one pen for your sake. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let you step out at some point to get another pen. No. Come with enough pen. Hallelujah. Then come with your heart set to receive from the ministry of the word and from the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And when you prepare for meetings like that, also, you also prepare in fine, you also prepare financially. Hallelujah. Give towards the meeting. Glory to Jesus. You know, there are a couple of things I want to put in place. You might be having some folks traveling in from other states for the meeting. So you want to put in things like accommodation in place for them to, to feel good so that they can receive well. Hallelujah. Don't you think that's, don't you think that's fine? Hallelujah. I, I don't know about you, but you, if anybody is going to come for this meeting, I'll let them go and stay in the Amen. Hallelujah. You have to stay in the place that is good. Hallelujah. So you can rest well, go and see the word and go back to the good place. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm very told you guys there's enough hardness in the work of ministry. Don't make other things hard for yourself. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Paul already said to Timothy, he says, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There's some people that think what he says is endure attached. So everything has to be hard. If it's hard, it's not the work of ministry. It's not me. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright, so just to put some things in place to make some things better and make it more comfortable. Please and please. Alright, just plan. So plan, prepare, and partner financially. Hallelujah. So next month I'm gonna be teaching a particular alright. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be teaching a particular topic titled When the Spirit Gets Me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. When the Spirit gets moved, you don't want to miss it. Amen. When the Spirit gets moved, we're gonna look at what does it mean to have the move of the Spirit, or does it mean to have the move of God? Alright, we're gonna talk a little bit about flowing in Christianity, catching up on the spirit of Christianity. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Some people, as they are people are rejoicing in the meeting, that's when they realize that the spirit in them wants to pray. Everybody is rejoicing, but there's a burden upon you. No, hallelujah. So the thing as a flow of the spirit in a Christian meeting, or the flow of the spirit in meeting, where you catch up on whatever is done. Hallelujah. So when people are rejoicing, rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. When people are praying in tongues, that's why that person be singing. I never met people like that. I can't be here, but I'm going to come upon you soon. You are praying, everybody is praying. I say, how are you, Hashem, how are you? Even from where you're at, you can't feel it. Clearly, I mean, that's how the devil is walking around. Praise God. So there's such a thing as catching up on the screen in Christian ministry. Hallelujah. Glory. So we're going to talk about that very expressly next month. So next month, come around, write the Look into the word. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm wondering how to start because this is a very, very interesting topic. Mirror God in the face of Jesus Christ. So basically, what we are doing today is what people call theology. Theology. Somebody say theology. Somebody say theology. You know that Lagos people are actually more responsible. This might sound weird, but <laughs> it actually does look like Lagos people respond more. Is that something about effect? What's about effect that makes you just count like this? Amen. You said the word that. <laughs> oh God. Please, but you, you have to be actually Amen. <clears throat> so, say theology. And, and simply speaking, theology really is just the study of God. Hallelujah. And you see, in Christian faith, I'm, I'm started teaching, so you start writing. You see, in Christian faith, there are different kinds of logic. Alright, there are different kinds of logic. You have, you, know, you have theology, which is the study of God. You have Christology. Alright, which is the study of the Christ. You have pneumatology, which is the study of the Spirit. 
you have eschatology alright e-s-c-h-a-t-o-l-o-g-y eschatology nothing big really eschatology is the study of the rapture amen hallelujah very soon I think Carizo I'm meeting maybe 20 Carizo the Carizo Bible Conference 2024 
I'm not going to elaborate. I think I've explained this to you guys before. That one of the things you also see here is a classical example of how to deal with, you know, atheists. Or how to deal with pagans, for example. You don't try to explain to somebody who doesn't believe in God that God exists from the Bible. Hallelujah. And so what you see from this is that now, okay, I was talking about atheists. Right? And I was trying to say that the whole point of being an atheist is that it doesn't mean that they think God. Hallelujah. And so it makes no sense to try to convince an atheist using the Bible. Are we together? Because he doesn't believe the Bible as well. Does that make sense, guys? So the best way you can actually explain to it is or people who do not believe in God is to use the things that they can relate to. And that's the reason why you see a very beautiful mastery of what Paul does here. So Paul says, you know what? Your poetry. Are we together? And so that's the reason why if you are going to confirm, for example, somebody who, maybe because of his structure in chemistry, strong truth in chemistry, believes that there is no God, the best way to do it is to actually use that chemistry for him. Hallelujah. And as I've told you guys again and again, that as a believer, the fact that a believer doesn't mean you have to suspend rational thinking. Amen. The fact that you are sound in the world doesn't mean you have to suspend rational thinking. You have to learn how to go after resources, natural resources, in that sense, secular resources, and learn to read why. Just know things. Know things about people. Know things about places. Know things about science. Hallelujah. Learn to know those things because really, that's really the only way you can get to engage certain people to make them understand. Are we together, guys? Do you realize, in fact, that this was actually the only portion of, the only sermon that Paul had throughout the you know, scriptures that it made a sermon without quoting a single verse from scripture. Because it wouldn't have mattered if you quoted it to them. They didn't care. They didn't believe it. Do you understand my guy? Do you understand me, guys? So the best way could have gotten through to them was to, was to use their own knowledge base. But see something that is also very interesting that pagans made a statement and that statement is actually scripturally accurate. Pagans made a statement based off of their observation because just to give you some context into these guys, this was Athens in Greece. And even and if you know it about Greek, Greek mythology, you know about the fact that there were men who would gather, all right, under mass hills or something called the Areopagos, all right, and they'll come together and then they begin to discuss about wisdom, things they found out, all right. So some somebody can come and just say to be or not to be, you know, and those funny things like that. Just start funny philosophy question. You can say I think therefore I am, or I am therefore I think, or whatever, or what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Funny funny things like that. Oh, by the way, what comes first, chicken or egg? You said and. How did the egg come to be? Sorry, chicken or egg? Sorry, I said chicken or egg. Chicken or egg? Chicken. How did the chicken come to be? God made chicken. Why can't God make the egg? They raised. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So, you know, the rest are very funny. They all come together and just, you know, like to discuss things like that. Hallelujah. And also, I mean, I believe personally, alright, that as a believer, particularly when you know that maybe, at least for someone like me, who I know I'm called to see. So, I just like to just listen to those debates. I just get myself amused. Because yes, what we need to see. It's necessary, I'm telling you, you need to see the way some of them think sometimes. You see that oh, people are not as intelligent as they think they are. Amen. Hallelujah. They are really not in the in the other in the peripheries, they are very intelligent. But the core, they're wondering like how. Hallelujah. But that's not even my point really today. I was just trying to explain how that is it not interesting that by clear observation, these people, pagans, atheists, by just clear observation, okay, we can't call them atheists actually. Alright, because they believe that there is a God. In fact, they believe in a lot of gods and then an unknown God. Are we together? So they are not necessarily atheists, they are pagans. But it's not interesting that pagans, by mere observation of the world around them, would come up with a statement that is actually scripturally accurate. Hallelujah. So they say, in him we live, we move and have our being, without any knowledge of the scriptures. And by the time we examine that phrase, we actually see it's a scripturally accurate statement. Are we together, guys? So even though it was pagans that made the statement, it's fine to say, Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Say in him, in him, we live, we move, and we have our being. But I hope you realize that this statement also will be referring to spiritual life. 
Amen. This statement is actually fundamental. You refer to the natural life of a man, right? Because this statement was gotten by observation and not revelation. Do you understand me, guys? Do you understand me? So when they said in him we live, we move, and have, they just refer to the fact that he is the base of our sustenance or is the base of our human existence. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense, guys? Beautiful. So let's continue. All right. From verse, okay. So verse twenty-nine. He says, "For as much then as we are the offspring of God, all right." He says, "We ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art or man's devices." And the times of this ignorance, God winked that, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men, in that he raised him from the dead. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. And so what you see from this is, you know, Paul speaking still, alright, he now says, listen, if this person, this God, whom you ignorantly worship, if he created the heavens and the earth, then it makes no sense that and, and if we also agree that we are his offspring, it makes no sense that the way to worship him is by Calabash. Are we together? He created all these things. Do you understand my point? Like, it, do, it doesn't make any sense that you now mold something and say, this is the unknown God. It doesn't make any sense. He created everything. Are we together? He's trying to explain that, okay, therefore, if you are going to have to relate to this God that created everything, you cannot use what he created to typify him. Do you understand my guy? Do you understand my point, guys? So can you see how by just mere reasoning along their plane, just like, by just thinking through the way they normally, you know, had normally been thinking through, he was able to point out certain things to show them. And he said, like, you're not entirely smart. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me, guys? And so this is actually how to handle folk who don't believe in God. Yeah, don't now be saying, see, Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave the world. If anybody's not believing, he will perish. Yeah, like, don't do that. You're not helping yourself. Are we together? They don't believe your Bible. Do you understand me? The way, it's just like when you ask people, what's the meaning of marry? And then the person, the definition the person gave you, marry is inside. So what does it mean to marry? It means that like when you now come together and then you're not married. Does it make any sense? Are we together, guys? So you try to use the person's plane of exi- uh, plane of understanding and then you explain or expound certain things to that person. Do you understand my point, guys? Are we together, guys? So let's continue. Alright? So, so what now I started with this particular portion of scripture just to present to you an ideology. That you see, the idea of theology is not specific to Christianity. Write it down. The idea of theology is not specific to Christianity. You see, man in himself naturally creates the existence of something supernatural. You must know that. Man in himself creates the existence of something supernatural. Man naturally wants to believe or just craves the idea of something divine. And that's the reason why, for example, as it is, I've told you guys this before. If I was an atheist personally, new, if I was someone who did not believe that God exists, I, I see no point to argue it with you. I mean, for example, if there was ever an argument that vampires exist. I know there are probably some of you that probably believe in conspiracies and funny things like that. But I don't believe vampires exist. I'm not going to bother going through a debate about it. Just that, like, if I hear people arguing about whether or not vampires exist, if I'll be laughing at them. Just that, like, it's just like, for example, okay, a very good example. Your brother, your younger brother, who strongly believes in Santa Claus, or better still, what we call here in the Greek, Father Christmas. Just that, who strongly believes in that, then your brother now tells you, see, he actually exists. Do you, like, do you sit down with your brother and say, I'm telling you, listen to me, I'm, I have a degree in physiotherapy. It might not look like it, but I do. Just that, just that, I might be pressing laptop, but trust me, I do. Sounds like I'm talking about Anyways, now, <laughs> now I tell him, see, Father Christmas does not exist. And then you guys now go through a two hour long debate on why he exists and he doesn't exist. Like, what do you do with someone like that? You're like, that's a primary school. I never should have been making secondary school yet. Too. That's not my point. Like, all the best to you. you, you like, nobody, when, when you 
are talking about something that you actually believe does not exist. You are not fascinated to argue it. Do you understand my point? You just laugh at the person like, how can anybody be so dumb that they think that this person actually exists? So you see, the very fact that a lot of people are, have you met, have you found that atheists are more interested in making you an atheist than like in talking, I'd like, okay, you don't believe in God, I believe in God, it's fine. But they want to try to convince you for whatever reason that there's actually no God. Like, you are the one that is stupid, there's actually no God. Like, no problem, you are going to be condemned, it's fine. I believe you are going to be condemned, you believe you are not going to be condemned, it's fine, no problem, we'll find out at the end of the day. You get, but they just want you to know that your God does not exist. Why? Because somehow deep within them, there is something about them that wants to constantly have conversations around the divine. Hallelujah. There's something about, about them that just wants to constantly have conversations around the divine. There's just something, it's, it's, it's a, have you, have you guys ever just maybe you were scrolling through YouTube and then the random video pops up of maybe like galaxies and maybe cosmic stuff and things like that. Now, of course, different people have different things that fascinate them. I might not be entirely fascinated by it, but you cannot agree to the fact that anytime when you hear or think about things like that, there's an all you just have. There's just something about it that just makes you feel a certain way. You just begin to feel like, man, there's more, there's more to this world than this earth. Are we together, guys? There's just, there's just the way you see yourself as a speck of dust in the grand scheme of things. Are we together, guys? Why? Because you see, by the very nature of man, Man craves the existence of a divine being. Whether or not he agrees to it, he always, so whether he's, he affirms it positively or he's against it negatively, man always affirms the existence of a divine being every single time. Alright? And we say it even in folks who do not believe that God exists. Hallelujah. And so that's the reason why you see, you know, God, and you need to understand that God created it to be so. It's not just by a mistake. Alright? It's not just by mistake that man stumbles upon the ideology of God. God actually willed it to be, or God created the world in a way that by just simple examination of the world, he would come to a conclusion and say, you know what, there has to be a God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That, and, and that's why, I mean, by the time you read this scripture, I'm going to show you. You know, Paul was speaking about, speaking about Jews and Gentiles. And Paul said, see, the Jews, they have the law. And it's even clear to them. Somebody gave them the law, should they know? But you see, for the Gentiles, he says they are not, they are without excuse. Because if they are, if they are to look at everything that is created, they will come to a point where they will say, you know what, of the truth, God exists. Hallelujah. I know, I always say this to people. The same science that some people hear or some people study and got them to a point where they said, they said, you know what, there's a God. It's the same science of other people study and brought them to a point where they said, you know what, there's no God. Oftentimes they're not. The issue is not whether or not God exists. It's your heart. You are not ready to accept that you are accountable to a divine being. That's oftentimes the problem. Because you see, the same science that some people claim, and you know, it's funny, I've always said this thing jokingly, that it's funny how, you know, you find people who, as I said before, you know, finish with a strong tissue. Just that, finish from maybe chemistry with a strong tissue. And they feel like, ah, they've known all there is to science. And from the observations, from articles they've read, from people that they've conversed with, from conversations that they've had, with knowledgeable people, they know that they can't be a god. Ridiculous. Just that because of like one to three hours of you used to do midnight sub. Just that you just read one or two things on uh, Naira Land. Then you two, you now come and say, I've made scientific discoveries. There's no God. Ah, you won't know. Just that, like, <laughs> like I feel like to be honest, <laughs> you know, I, I heard a particular man of God say this. He said, he said well, go on backslide. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> he was like, they are more important people to argue with. Go on backslide, John. They are not serious. He's just they are still jumping up and down. It's because he's used to exuberance that's doing you. Don't worry. By the time real life catches up with you, you will come back. If people like you that will meet in the real two years later, you say you have the call upon your life. There's no problem. So that, you know, I, I mean, if 
you were someone who probably, for example, has you know risen the ranks of science, at least together, you've risen the ranks of science, you know, studied what there is to, you know, stop funny things, maybe quantum physics or quantum you know mechanics and so on and so forth. You know, we can actually hear you and say, maybe this guy knows what he's saying. Just that when you're some random person who got one year eighty two, he giant jump. Just that you come here, you're saying that ah, from the things I've seen, there's no God. No problem, there's no God. You are sit down. Just that, like it's fine, there's no problem at all. Are we together, guy? So you see, you, you, you must realize this. If the same science that some people studied, you know, there were actually scientists who did not believe in God. And as a result of their discoveries in science, actually got to the point where they began to believe that God existed. Are we together, guys? In fact, I think, well, alright. I don't want to make, I think Isaac Newton was a believer, actually. I don't want to make, I have, I actually have, I, I used to know, like, a list of them, like, Isaac Newton. So, now, Isaac Newton, who, on that, who explains what's gravitational force? He's the one now. He explained gravitational force to us. In fact, his name, alright, is, I think, the SI unit for force. Newton, right? That same person, <laughs> that same person came to an understanding of the fact that, you know what, a god has to exist. But you! <laughs> you! You've seen the ends of the earth. You've seen the things that be, as though they were not. Everything like that. And you've come to the assertion, through all scientific evidence, that you know what? There's no god. The same you! Who believes that green plants generate their energy through photosynthesis but has never seen chlorophyll? But you just believe chlorophyll exists because, well, they said, they said it in the book. Isn't that amusing? You see, the reality of it is this. And someone said this, and, and I think I've said this here before, that you see, it takes a lot more faith to be an atheist than be a believer. It takes a lot more faith to see the world and say, you know what, this thing came to be an accident. Wow. Your faith is beyond me. I can't have it. That's too much for me. Hallelujah. I'd rather just be so stupid enough to actually believe that for a world that is designed this way, where everything somehow works the way it's supposed to work, there was an intelligence creator behind it. Seems like a safer thing to believe. Are we together, guys? That to believe that with the way the systems of the world are created and with the way everything is created, you know what? There is no God. It happened by accident. Ah! Happened by accident. This entire world happened by accident. That you, I don't think people realize what it is. You literally are the only planet in a solar system where life can, where life can exist. And, just to give you an idea of how small you are, have you tried to see the proportion of the Earth to the Sun? It's infinitesimally small. But you know what's crazier? If you try to look at our so- our solar system in the expanse of galaxies, we are like a speck of dust. And somehow, in all of that, at least so far verifiable, this is the only planet that exists where there is life. Do you know how slim the chances are? But no, there is no God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, and, and that's what Paul was saying. Paul said, you see what? You see, you see the thing? Jews, they have the law. No problem, you understand. But you see, for the Gentiles, they are not, they don't have any excuse. Are we together? Because from the invisible things of the world, alright, the things about God, sorry, from the visible things of the world, the invisible things about God are clearly known. Are we together, guys? It is obvious from the things we can see. This God exists. And you know another thing that will stand as witness against you? That same science that you studied, and, and came up with an assumption that God doesn't exist. There will be people who have studied it and studied more and came up with the idea that God exists. So where did you get your science from? Your issue was never science, it's your heart. Are we together? Go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Start good stuff now. Romans 1 and verse 18. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say I love the word. Say I love the word. Say I'm not stupid. Say I'm not stupid. Now after you have done it, say I'm stupid enough to believe God exists. Telling you. I'm telling you. If there's any wisdom that ever brings you to a point where God doesn't exist, I don't want to be that wise. Are we together? Do you realize that it's stupid men that walk in faith? It takes you to be stupid to walk in faith. Hallelujah. If you 
calculating why. Just like if God, if Jesus tells you to come out of the boat like Peter, you want to calculate what's the surface tension of the water. You know, let me also calculate the gravitational force upon my body. And the water, you know, hold up, you know, the weight of my body. And when I look, you know, towards the extra unit of this emoji, come upon the water. Are we together? Do you understand me? It takes a stupid man to walk in faith. I've told you guys that before. When I try to, when I minister healing to people, alright, when they are sick, I don't, I don't bother asking you how long has it been there. I don't try to ask the details. I'm very details I'm not a doctor. Hallelujah. I'm just a minister of the word. I'm a minister of the spirit. Just tell me what the issue is. Let's get it done. Hallelujah. That's a way to minister the power of God. I don't try to ask people more. I don't try to go. Maybe if I just want to know, to just understand where your body is. You can just, if you haven't tell me, sir, I'm sick. The man of God will literally, when the issue is on the leg. Even though, to be honest, even if I put my hand there, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. It doesn't really happen more. But for the sake of your faith, for the sake of your heart, you understand me? So you have a pain in your leg, for example. I don't even need to know that that's where it is. I can touch you and then you are here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's how to flow in the things of the Spirit. So you need to learn to be this. Sometimes you need to be intellectually stupid to flow in faith. Hallelujah. You need to be intellectually stupid to flow in faith. Say, where is the money going to come from? I don't know, but it's going to come. That's simply how it is. A man of faith cannot be so analytical. You need to understand that. I believe in planning. I believe in preparing, you know, putting things here and there, making things work a certain way. But you need to understand, I, I feel I'm saying, I'm not speaking this, you know, led by the Spirit of God. Learn not, when it comes to your life, don't be so analytical about things. Don't try to calculate everything. I told you guys this before. I said it to, a couple, like, for, to folks in our discipleship school. In my ministry, I choose to be open to supernatural happenings. Hallelujah. I choose to have a ministry where I cannot explain everything that happens. You know, for, you know, some people, they like to explain. This particular disciple, so God of this labor, that is one thing. God of this place, this labor is one thing. This particular money, we work for it. It came by labor. You know, that's one thing. Hallelujah. I can't talk about it for me. Things are coming. Amen. People will just wake up and say, ah, this person's name is on my head, on my head. Well, let me do something for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's me. Hallelujah. So you must expect supernatural happenings. So a man of faith cannot be so analytical about everything. Hallelujah. He says, says, put down your nets. Put down your nets for a great time. But then what I say, me have been toiling all night. See, you need to understand. I have experience in this fishing thing. I don't know who you are. You look like you're a nice man. But let me tell you the fact. This fishing thing, if I did go back there, if you, if, if you look at the back, look at my apprentice, Uniru Ambali, they are there. They know me. Ask them in this area. They know me. Just that. So you cannot just come here and be telling me what to see. Put your name in. Do you understand? You don't, you don't, you don't, when it comes to faith, you don't reason it out. Hallelujah. You don't reason it out. You don't say, ah, this particular pain has been there for a long time. What will the simple touch do? Ah, let the touch touch you first. Amen. Let me see touch and touch you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Say, I choose to live by faith. Say, I choose to live by faith. I choose to walk by faith. You know, I want to teach you something that I taught, you know, the folks in Lagos. Actually, in our last message. You see, there are certain postures of the heart. There are certain postures of the body. Alright, that cause you to receive God's word as you see. But there are certain postures of the body that affect you spiritually. Hallelujah. For example, when you are receiving the word, when you are making a confession, let's stand. Are we together, guys? Let's stand. You know, if not, look at this. When Paul was speaking in scripture, Paul had to add certain postures to certain things. For example, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, he says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why did he add bow my knees? Because when I said, I pray, he wanted you to let, he wanted to let you know what he was doing at that particular point in time. Because you see, there are certain postures of the body that affect your deception as a believer. Do you understand me? So, for example, also, you see, when he was talking about praying, he says, I would that men lift up holy hands. Are we together? Without rots and without, you know, strife. Are we together, guys? Talks about lifting up hands in worship. In Hebrews 13 and, and I think verse um, 15, he speaks about offering the fruit of our lips. Hallelujah. So, there are physical postures that you exhibit that affect your heart. Hallelujah. So, next time when a word is coming to you, for example, when, when maybe we have confessions, I've told you guys before, confessions here, yeah, a lot of times are led by the Spirit of God. 
Sometimes I sense a move in my spirit and then I just make those confessions. You have to learn to stand up to receive. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Say I walk by faith. Say I walk by faith. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Say I'm not too analytic. I move by faith. I'm led by faith. I always know what to do. Glory to Jesus. Have your seat. Praise God. Hallelujah. Some of you will know that there's a difference. Hallelujah. As you, that, just that standing up can do things to you. Some of you know, for example, that every are singing a song and just lifting holy hands can change things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Some of you, I, I, remember I said this to someone. Someone said, you know, um, I pray. A lot of times I pray in tongues, I easily get distracted. And I told her just to do something simple. I said, next time when you pray in tongues, speak out. That's all. Telling you. You'll be shocked the difference it makes between and actually praying. They do something different, it does. Because you see, there are certain postures, as well as these things are supernatural, they involve your body. Are we together, guys? So there are certain postures of your body that affect things spiritual. Hallelujah. Say, why do you shake your body when you pray? Shake your body first and you see why. Are we together? They are saying this, I cannot explain it to you, but you just shake your body first. Say, what? Is it must you shout for the things to happen? Shout first. You will not stop shouting. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? Amen. Say I'm a man of faith. Ah, glory to God. Praise God. Amen. This is good teaching. I'm teaching good this morning. Hallelujah. Alright, let's move on. Uh, Romans chapter 1 from verse 18. Alright, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness? Hmm. That's very interesting. It says, Who holds the truth in unrighteousness? So the issue is that they do not have the truth. The issue is that they hold the truth in unrighteousness. You see, the word unrighteousness there is a word that could mean irreverence. It's a word that could mean irreverence, alright? It could mean irreverence. It means being lackadaisical about it. They just, they don't reveal the truth. So can you see that the problem with them is not that they don't have the truth. The problem with them is that they handle the truth in irreverence. Are we together, guys? Now, we are going to have better understanding of why. Now, let's continue. He says, because that which may be made known, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. Interesting. God has showed it unto them. Let, now let's have a bit more context to these people. He says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So listen, he's trying to tell you that listen, it was actually in God's design or in God's fashion that for men who, maybe for one reason or the other, have not heard the gospel, have not come across, you know, maybe the laws and so on and so forth. It was according to God's intention and design and plan that just by them observing the world, they will come to understand that there is a God. Are we together? Because you see that Bible says God made it manifest to them in that way. He showed it unto them. The word manifest there is the same Greek word, is the word phaneru. The same Greek word that is used in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, where it says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. Are we together? The uncovering. So God designed it that by just understanding and exploring nature, there will be an uncovering of his knowledge. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So even though the perfect representation of God cannot be seen in nature, but by looking at nature, you can have an understanding to know, you know what, there has to be an intelligence greater behind this thing. And it's not just, and now, people need to understand, when we say these things, it's not just trying to form something that was not so from the beginning, no. God himself willed it so. God willed it that by man just observing things, alright, man would come to a point where he says, you know what, there is a God. And that's why you know that particular, you know, him says, oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all your hands are made. He says, I see the stars, I see the rolling thunder. Even though a much more accurate way to actually say it is, I see your son, I see the new creation. Because it's a new creation that we see God clearly for who he is. But you see, he wasn't still wrong to have said that. That by seeing the stars, by seeing the rolling thunder, 
You know, your path through all the universe displays. By saying those things, you know, I can say, what? There is a God. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Very good. So let's continue. Very good. Glory to Jesus. Say, I love the word. Please, sorry, I just have a question. This time, is it correct? It's 11.25. Is it? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, I love the word. Alright, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. He says, verse 21, he says, because that when, the, now pay attention, let me read verse 20 again. If I let's read verse 20 together, everybody wants to go. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without what? Say they are without excuse. Say they are without excuse. Exactly. So they are not, they are not without it. So that's why you need to understand. See, God will not change his standard just because of you. Are we together? God is not going to change his word because of you. You don't believe in him, you die, you go to hell. It's not, there's no, people, you know, and I said this, I think I said this in Lagos. There are people who understand that there is a difference between preaching condemnation and saying the truth. It's not, it's not preaching condemnation to tell people, you know what, if you don't believe in the gospel, they're actually going to die and go to hell. Hallelujah. You know, I remember, you know, there was, and that's the thing, we grow from one stage to the other. Because there was that time when, of course, if you, if you have to go out and preach the gospel, you're preaching here. Say repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. If you don't believe, say, you die. You do this one, you die. You do this one, fire. You do this one, fire. You do this one. Then now even came up with songs for that reason. Say keep on turning your head, keep on wearing your jeans. Hey, Jesus is coming back. Hey, sister, oh, keep on, keep on wearing lipstick. You know, and so on and so. Funny things like that. But then we now came to the point where some, you know, they now came to tell, teach us the word. You know. You know, the, the, the gospel is about the love of God, so on and so forth. And then he told you, you know, you must not teach him. Because I teach about the love of God. See, listen, listen. And it's not what you But you see, the first thing is, if they don't believe in that love, they'll go to hell. Amen? As soon as you need to genuinely help for them to know. You, you actually, like, genuinely. Just and God, so guys, when you go to preach to people, they, they think you are doing them a favor by listening to you. Like, I'm the one doing you a favor here. Just like, you don't believe this thing, you're actually going to hell. Do you get me? So, like, don't get him mixed here. I'm not, like, I'm the one, I, I could not be, I could have been doing something else. I'd be enjoying my life. I'm talking to you here because I love you. I wish to get the guys. And that's what, you know, you know, when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus in John 3, John 3 and verse 16, he says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish without everlasting life. What is he saying in verse 17? He says, He sent not his world to condemn the world, alright, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, look at what it says in verse 18. Everybody go to verse 18. John 3 and verse 18. Just put your hand here and go to John 3 verse 18. John 3 verse 18. Put your hand there. For those who maybe they are using um, a phone, just use maybe compass, just scratch it so that you don't forget when you come back. Right? John 3, okay, so verse 18, what does it say? Everybody. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Everybody, John 3 and verse 18, wants to go. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is what? Wait, will he be condemned? Will he be condemned? And I like thought that Jesus clearly puts it there. He that believes not is what? Is, is what? Condemned already. Jesus, so it's no fight or anything. Jesus, you know, they say, there's no problem. If you don't believe it, you are condemned. Amen? Hallelujah. So, it's not condemnation to tell people the truth. It's condemnation when you come to meet, meet them and you're not telling them about the love of Jesus for them. You're just telling them, you go to hell if you don't believe. You go. That's the problem. Are we together? But it's not wrong to actually also tell them the truth. Listen, in such a way that, see, hell was not designed for you. But if you choose not to believe the gospel, because this is how God, because I don't understand why it's so hard for you to just believe. I'm not asking you to do anything else. Just believe. Oh no, you don't, no. You must have prove it. That no, no problem. Yeah. 
Lord early please. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So that's it. So let's go back to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1. So my point there was just, they are without excuse. They are without excuse. So that's the thing. So God, God is such that he has done his best to be right by man. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So let's continue. So verse 21, he says, because that when they knew, when they knew God, now pay attention. Look at what he says. He says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. So the issue was not that they did not know God. They knew him, but they decided to glorify him not as God. Now what did they do? Let's continue there. He says, um, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish hearts was darkened. He says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. So can you see what the issue here is? The issue is this, is that just the same way somebody looks at the world and is fascinated by everything created and then he says, wow, there has to be a God. Now the difference between these two people is the one who believes there is no God. Now he looks to all these things and he's fascinated. But rather than him being fascinated to the point that he says there is a creator behind these things, he gets too fascinated and vain in his imagination that he needs to worship what is created. Do you understand? So, the, at, the, at the same time, both of them actually are coming to a conclusion that there's something intelligent about creation. But one sees the intelligence and chooses to say, you know what, for there to be this much intelligence in creation, there has to be an intelligence creator. The other one sees the intelligence in creation and instead of him to revere that there's something greater and powerful that could have created all these things, he chooses to be vain in his imagination and say, you know what, I'm going to worship this system. Have you realized that this is literally what science is? I'm telling you, this is literally what science is doing. So now, what is science really? Science is a discovery through the things that exist. That's really what it is. It's just you discovering stuff and you getting fascinated by them. But the problem with those scientists is this, is that now, they get, they see things, they get so fascinated by them, oh wow, you know, quantum making so on and so forth, they see that, you know, there's so much in awe. And instead of them to be so much in awe that they realize, oh, if these things are so, and they work like this, maybe there has to be somebody intelligent who made all these things. But now, they get so fascinated by those things that they now capitalize on it. Are you with me, guys? Because you need to understand, science in itself cannot be an answer. It's a means to an answer. Do you understand my point? It's a me We created science. Do you realize that science came to be after the first man? Science didn't exist before the man. So science can't tell you what happened. Science cannot give you an answer. Or science cannot tell you the answer to how man came to be. Man created it. Do you understand? So, to be honest, the limit of science is the limit of man. Genuinely. Are we together, guys? That's simply what it is. We, it is simply a discovery through things that have already been created. And so, what you do, alright, as what you do, therefore, is having seen the things that science has discovered, what you should do is when you see those things, and as you begin to grow in your knowledge of those things, you should make you say, wow, what is it? Just that, or even if you don't know him as God, or even if you don't call him God, because really, you need to understand this. God is not a church phrase. That, that statement, God, is not, is not just used in church. God actually just refers, it's a, it's a secular term, to be honest. But anything that is transcendent, are we together? Transcendent, above all things, beyond all things, just that cannot be interacted, at least, based on this, cannot be interacted with and created all things. You understand my point, guys? That's really what God is. So, at the end of the day, it's not just being a church person to believe that there is a God. So, what I just tried to explain to you here, basically, is the difference between a scientist who believes there is a God and one who doesn't. The issue is not the observation. The issue is not that one is smarter. The issue is just that one is more humble to, to accept that, you know what, for things to be created in such an intelligent design, it has to be somebody 
who is transcendent that caused everything. Are we together? While the other is being in his imagination. And rather than him submitting to that first assertion, he sees what is created and he's so fascinated and he used to worship what is created. Are we together? Do you understand me, guys? Beautiful. Let's continue. Praise God. Alright, so, uh, so verse 26, verse 26, it says, For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affection. Alright, for even their women, um, okay, I'm coming. Okay, okay, let me just start from verse 25. There's something I was looking for. Okay, let's start from verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, to the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? So can you see, the issue is not that they did not have the truth. They did. But the issue is that they changed it into a lie. They handled the truth in irreverence. Are we together, guys? So let's continue. He says, and worship themselves the creature. Can you see that? More than the creator. Can you see the problem? Who is blessed forever? Amen. He says, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. Alright? For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. I can say all about that. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, bond in their lust towards one another. Men with men walking that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense for their error which was meant. He says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are convenient. Now, you know, people, people can be very, and that's the reason why context is very key, right? Now, people can look at that verse and say, ah, God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Are we together? God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Whereas in reality, pay attention to what he says. He says, because they, they chose not to retain God in their knowledge. Are we together? So, it's not like God just, because people have used this to explain about people who um, I think um, it's the I've spoken about this before. I think it's the um, it's the doctrine of election that people who are saved were chosen to be saved, and there are people who and people who are not saved were chosen not to be saved. Right? And people try to use this verse that God gave them up to a reprobate mind. But you need to realize the fact that God didn't give them up to something that they had not been given for. Are we together? Bible says since they chose not to retain God in their knowledge, do you understand me? So in real sense, what God literally did there was you know. Are we together? Since you decided not to believe, no problem. there's nothing I can do anymore. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? Alright, so let's continue. Ah, glory to God. Alright, so he says, so those things are convenient. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness. So can you see the problem with them? Filled with all manner of things. Now let's just jump to verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also have pleasure in them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, the point of all this is that, you see, there is a revelation of God from creation. There's a revelation of God from creation that we can clearly see. So, just as God can be revealed from scripture, alright, where we can actually have the actual, clear, accurate representation of God, God can also be revealed from what? He can be revealed from nature. Are we together? Because the Bible says that He, he, has, he has showed Himself through it. He had manifested Himself through it. Hallelujah. Faneru. He has uncovered Himself through creation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God willed it so. You need to understand that. God willed it so. Okay? And so, when you come across, for example, an idol worshiper and so on and so forth, your, the way to actually work things out for most, most of those guys, aside from the fact of, of course, they need to realize that they're actually working with demons. Alright? Is the, is the reality of the fact that, see, that idol that you're worshiping, if you actually do be, believe that he created the world, it makes no sense that an image is how you worship it. Are we together, guys? If he created this entire world, this can't be him. He created wood. It can't be wood. Do you understand my point? So sometimes you just need to be able to explain things to them clearly. I see this and this and this is this clearly doesn't even make any sense. Alright? Before of course you have to explain to them the supernatural aspect of it. A lot of times 
when you see, when you try to do things and things actually happen with these things, you're actually working in union with demons. And uh, because some of them, you hear them say some very weird stuff. For example, I think the um, Oriki of Ishi is, um, is something, they say it's in your I'm not going to try to explain it in English. It gives you a goat and collect a child from it. How do you, how do you, I don't know about you, but I feel like a child is bigger than goat. I don't know, but that's just my assertion. You understand? That's what I think. I think a child is bigger than goat. Or what do you think? What do you think? Yeah, like, you are goat now. Which one do you think is important? You even look like a fine boy. You're not even for the So, you know? It doesn't make any sense. But the funny thing is, you see people and they are still worshipping it. So, it, like, just that, it just lets you see there is, two guys are working together with demons. You know what I mean? And that's why at the end of the way Paul was speaking in 2 Corinthians 8, when, they, when he was talking about food sacrifice to idols, he says, see, we know that idols are nothing in this world. There are no such things as idols. If you pray to it and it works, that's a demon. Hallelujah! That's a demon you just work with. You and the demon just went to a partnership together. You guys just started doing this together. That's what it is. It's a spirit. It's the devil working through this. He's manipulating things. I wish you got the guys. I wish you got the guys. Alright, so let's continue. Amen. Oh, it's a God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So, I think I would like to just say this, and there are two points. Number one, is that theology is important because man craves the existence of the supernatural being. Alright? Man craves the existence of the supernatural being. It's just simple. If the natural exists, then something outside the natural how to create it. Alright? I, 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 I really do not know when we are going to have... There is a Bible conference next year. I'm going to teach you on the gospel. Unfortunately, I don't even think we have the time in that particular teaching to explain Alright, the creation of the world. Alright, and I don't know when we're going to have time to. But, you see, the creation of the world is predicated upon the fact that this, and there are just some assertions. Nothing can come to be out of nothing. Are we together? Nothing can come to be out of nothing. And if nothing comes to be out of nothing, it has to be by something. So nothing can come out of nothing by nothing. The idea of the Big Bang, because you need to understand what the Big Bang is. The Big Bang is the creation of everything. And it's not just the creation of what is physical, it's the creation of even matter, everything, including air, gas, so on and so forth. The Big Bang is literally the creation of the entire universe, not just the air. You need to understand. Anything that exists, even air, things you cannot see, material or immaterial, the Big Bang is said to be the creation. So what that means literally is that before the Big Bang, nothing exists, including time, space, and matter. Time did not exist before the Big Bang. In everything began to exist after. So the, the problem is, anytime we think of the creation of the world, we think of the creation of the earth. Just that we're talking about the creation of the entire universe. Nothing existed. Nothing. There wasn't even darkness within it. Do you understand? Darkness is the absence of light. You really cannot say darkness exists. Do you understand? Everything began to exist after this thing, after this particular Big Bang. So the question is, what caused the Big Bang? Nothing. Okay, fine, no problem. How did the Big Bang come? Because if nothing caused it, at least nothing had to have at least Something had to at least elicit the action for nothing to cause something. Do you understand my point? But it makes no sense that nothing would cause nothing by nothing. That the problem is when you hear big bang, you hear you, you think bang that. So because you hear bang in your brain, something there's still in your brain something that makes you strike each other. So bang, no, there was nothing. The big bang is just a use of words. It's just a play on words. In the big bang, they couldn't. There was nothing that stuck together. That's how stupid that thing is. So, like, <laughs> so everything just appeared. Literally, it's an appearance. I think a, a better way to put it is the big appearance. Literally, because what they're trying to say is everything just appeared. Just appeared. Just like that. Wow. And I'm the stupid one for believing God exists. Come on. I wish you got the guys. Do you understand? So, it, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Amen. So, clearly, 
if the supernatural exists, something outside the supernatural had to have created the natural. Are we together? So if the natural exists, something outside the natural had to have created to create the natural, and that's simply what we call the supernatural. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Beautiful. That's number one. Number two, if the if the natural came to being because of the supernatural, it would also mean that the natural exists because of the supernatural. Because you need to realize something too. This is something very, very important to you. When you create something, if you are to create something now, um, let's say for example you created a paper bill or something like that. You you just created something that is not living. It's very important to note that what was created wasn't just it, it didn't just begin to exist. It actually began to exist and continued to exist in such a way that activities were now going on in what was created. In case, let me put it in this way so you understand. In other words, what I'm just trying to say is, we have an earth that is self-sustaining, where human beings are living on it. So, whatever created it had to be so powerful such that it didn't just create something that is just blank. It created something that could have thought of activities in it. Not just of one organism, but multiple organisms. Billions and billions of organisms constantly living, still existing over time. That already gives you an idea that, that would mean one thing, that whatever created this natural thing, not just created it, but is the basis of its existence. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, for example, if, for example, I create maybe a robot that can talk, I created the robot with a battery, so it can talk. Do you understand my point? If I just created it, alright, without a battery, it will just exist. Do you understand? It will just be there, but it will not be able to actually exist over a period of time. Do you understand my point? The fact that something created could exist over an expanse of time already shows you the strength of what created it. Are we together? That the thing that created it was powerful enough to also cause it to exist over a period of time. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So, and that is pretty much what supernatural is. So, in the supernatural, we do not just see the creation. We see the basis of the natural's existence. The basis by which the natural continues to exist. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense to you guys? Exactly. The basis by which the natural continues to exist. Okay? And so, if that is so, you must therefore realize that everything that goes on on this earth with you has a lot to do with the supernatural that created it. Because everything exists on that premise, on the premise of the supernatural. And that's why it therefore has to be very important to you, alright, that you get your idea about that supernatural cause, right? Are we together? So can you see why theology is very important? Because theology is very important, it's very important because whether or not you run from it, it exists around you. <laughs> I mean, it sounds very funny. It's just like this thing about, you know, I showed a particular tweet a while ago about insecurity. And then I was like, this was like, insecurity, like insecurity is such a thing that whether or not you, you whether or not you are interested in it, it's interested in it. No, no, it doesn't, it's just, it's just politics. It's like, politics is like, whether or not you are interested in it, it's interested in it. I gave a very, very funny story. I did not have any idea what it was going to be. said, that's how you just wake up in the middle of the night, you know, and then you feel a particular touch on your leg. And then you are scared because I don't person in the house. And then you feel something rubbing on you and holding you. And then you just turn to the left and find that it's calling you. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. That's exactly. Because my mother was saying, ah, maybe there's a robber in the house. I said, you don't turn This is politics. But really, that's really what it is when it comes to, when it comes really to theology. Alright? It doesn't matter whether or not you're interested in it. It's interested in it. I, I just understand my point. It's interested in you. I said, I don't need to understand. You know, you hear people say very funny things. You know, this particular nation, why is there, why is our own just, why is it over here that we are so distant and superstitious and things like that? Because listen, from the very start, like, you that you are talking, 
you can at least name, even right now, as we are sitting down right now, you can at least name about two or three of family members who are still involved in your work. Someone like you is not saying there's no problem. Just like, don't, work, don't, don't be stupid. Don't compare yourself to certain people. I tell people that in their entire lives and existence and all like that, there's never been anything like an occultic practice or anything like that. They didn't invoke demons. They didn't do anything like that. Just like, but you, if you that, your, in fact, there's a reason it's not you to allow you to go and visit home. <laughs> Someone like you that doesn't go, you don't, you don't know your hometown because you don't like to visit home. You're not saying that there's no God. Go now. I, I made the joke a while ago. I said, there's no God. They are doing no rule. They are staying inside. No. <laughs> no, there's a problem. You say there's no God. Go outside now. There's no, there's no other at all. Say there's, 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 no, there's no God. I'll take you to the door. Just like, there's no problem. It's not that they are pagan. Just like they are. I will leave you there. Just there's not a brain problem here. No, I will leave you there. And I will go. By the time you are back, you will need to tell us that there's a God. We will send it to the God. <laughs> Just like, by the time you are done, say, ah, it looks like from you, you know, from the, from the beauty of creation, <laughs> we can tell you that God exists. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Alright, so, I just want us to just say, and, and that really is my introduction to this. That's my introduction to this thing, really. What I just tried to put to you was to understand the reason why theology is important. I wish you guys like Your theology, say my theology, is important. It's very important. It determines your life. I went together. I, I, I talk to people sometimes and I wonder, how do you say, some of you have been Christians, or there's those born into Christian Christians, you've been Christians all your life. Your, your, your religion will shape most of the decisions you're going to take. Some of you, that's the reason you probably not traveled outside the country yet. Amen? Some of you are going to say, can't be me, oh. That's why you're saying story. It's not me. If I see your producer in Japan, you know? Anyway, there's some of you that, that's the reason, you know, some of you, that's the reason that relationship will not work out. Well, both that and your mother's prayers. <laughs> you, your religion is the reason that relationship don't work out because the person that you are looking to is not looking to God. Just that, so you say, ah, both of us we cannot work together. And now you are making your decisions. Say, well, your face is so much. Let us continue. So now you are making decisions based off on your religion, and you don't even understand who that religion is centered around. It's not stupid. And if you are going to live your life for someone, better understand him. Because you see, much more importantly, you see, your understanding about God dictates your attitude towards situations. You, you need to realize your attitude towards situations is fundamentally predicated on what you think about God. You see, if you believe that God can do evil and evil happens to you, you say, well, God did it. Well, God did it. But see, the problem I have with people who say that, you know, God caused this particular problem. Anyway, now, you see, most of the times, when people say things like, ah, it's the will of God, oftentimes what they mean is we find our best in the world. So we have no problem. See, if from scriptures to the early scene, that God can do it, I'm totally fine. But we need to be sure when the evil is of God and when the evil is of God. We cannot say evil is of God simply because we try to get the evil of God. No, it has to be from God. No. And that's what that's what people do. Just like, so there's a clear difference between knowing specifically that this is from God and resigning to think that, well, since we tried our best and it didn't work out, it has to be from God. Are we together? And so once you begin to realize that your, 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 your predisposition towards situations is predicated heavily on your knowledge of God, what you will do when certain things arise, oftentimes is based on the knowledge of God's word. Isn't it funny that people will tell you that, you know, this thing, this sickness is from God, you know, maybe for example it's cancer, this cancer is from God, you know, it's just God's will, and you are going for chemotherapy. There's a problem. You want to fight with God's will in your life? Just that, you, that, just that, you want to undo what, now, the cancer is from God, we are coming to church for us to pray. About what? You want God to undo what God is doing? No. If I will pray for more, what is teaching you in church now? It shall be permanent. What happened? Amen? Hallelujah. No, so we have to, so you need to 
understand that this thing, and that's why I try to explain to you guys again and again that you should understand the Bible is beyond just having theological argument. If you're not trying to sound like ah, but why in mobile? No, that's not the point. It affects your life. You better know it. Are we together? You better know it. And because you see, it's often good when you are learning certain things before you need it. It's a very good thing. You see, help yourself. Not build your faith before the day of adversity. Because the day of adversity will come. And you better be ready. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? You better, you better have prepared yourself the right way. You better have learned certain things before that day comes. I'm telling you. Because you see, what you see about, what the story of Jesus shows to you is that danger can be there. And because you're not prepared, you will sleep. You think they did not understand what it means that the Savior of the world is about to die? You think they did not know? That Jesus, who was God as a man, you think they did not understand that God, Jesus, was about to die? They knew now. They understood what he said. They knew that he was about to die. But you see, they did not have that training. So in, in case you think that, because some of you think at the time when the problem actually comes, you pray. You don't pray. You don't pray for issue. You sleep off. I promise you. You will spend the first 18 minutes. 13 minutes for asleep. Because you've not been trained. Do you understand my point? So the best way to be there for things is to be there beforehand. And there is no better way to face situations than to have an understanding clearly of where the situation is coming from. Is it still from God or not? If it's from God, no problem. I have no problem with you saying sickness is from God, but you must be able to explain why. Not just based on your experience. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? Are we together? So that's why this particular topic is important. That's why theology, for some of you, do you realize, ah, guys, there are people who have spent their entire, you need to understand, there are people who have spent their entire money on the family, on sickness, on a particular person's sickness. And the reason was because they could not actively resist that sickness in prayer because they thought it was from God. So what they, they were doing was managing and managing and managing, and they managed it when they lost all the money they had on the family. Everybody became something else, became a red one and so forth. Simply because of the fact that the devil was doing something that was blinding them in darkness. Are we together, guys? You cannot afford it. You can't afford. So you see, I have no problem with you figuring out that maybe God can do bad things. I have no problem with that. But you must be able to clear this things from scripture. And not just that. When it comes to a particular situation, you must be able to give clear cause reasons why this is from God and this is from the devil. Not that ah, well, we tried our best, since it didn't work out, that's from God. I put together, guys. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Say, I know God for who he is. I know God for who he is. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Alright, so let's just move on. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, from verse 15 to 17. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Genesis chapter 2, from verse 15 to 17. Alright. What, what we're trying to look at now is, you know, why exactly is this even so much of a problem? Why is it? It, it feels like it's hard. I will not touch you. 
But once you get to school, now I miss Mr. Nibadi. Was I a word of Miss Mr. Nibadi. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Okay. I'm not going to touch you. I will not do a speech to you. Not for you. Does not do evil, but he allows it. He allows it. But sometimes he's good to go. Ah, he's a consuming fire. Amen. Hallelujah. He's good. He's nice. He's kind. But he's nice. No, the problem with the Lord is the ideology of God you have. The ideology of you. You'd see God as your dad. Genuinely. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm not going to prove you that. God is dealing with you. <laughs> but, you know, some of you see God as your parent. You do good, you nice. You do bad, it shows you. But, you know, the reality of it is this. And, and, and people don't like to hear this, but, I mean, what is it? First of all, the reality of it, you didn't give that to your parents. Genuinely, your, the, your, the care your parents have should have to work. It's not based on what this is. It's not based on whether you do good or Are we together? They brought you into the world. Do you understand? They, they shouldn't be giving you, giving you good things on how good your results is. That's a terrible prayer, genuinely. That, that's actually a terrible, I'm telling you, that's a terrible father. They are losing results and say, ah, the results is good. They are going to eat now. But results are terrible. Ah, they look funny. What? No. I wish you guys are So the problem with a lot of times is that we, we, the ideology of God we have is based on our human interaction. And so we see God as that. I wish you guys are guy. Whereas your ideology of God should be from where, what he gave you, the scripture. If you want to understand God, look into it. Don't try to look into your own human interaction because they are free. Are we together, guy? Do you understand? So tell your tell neighbor, say, look into the scripture. Look into the scripture. Alright, so let's continue. Let's move on. Time is long gone. Alright, so Genesis chapter 2 from the 15 to 17. Okay, so we want to understand why it seems like we're having varying views about who God is. Genesis 2 from the 15 to 17. I'm just going to say this before I start that for folks to have a better understanding, a better context into some of the things I'm going to say. You can listen to our, you know, um, our teaching, um, experience service on one. That was the study of Genesis, right? So you can just go to our archive and listen to experience service on one. The study of Genesis. We did a much more robust study of the book of Genesis, right? And the Genesis one to Genesis three. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So let's continue. Genesis chapter two, from verse fifteen to seventeen. I'm going to read. It says, "And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it." It says, "The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat." But in the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. Alright? Now, pay attention. Okay? And then, verse 25, he says, And they were naked, the man and the wife, and they were not ashamed. Now, very, very interesting background. And I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention. Do you realize that when man was created in the garden, he was created naked? Amen? Hallelujah. We all agree on that, yes or no? Man was created naked, right? Alright, so at the point where he was created naked, that God gave him a command. I wish to get the guy. Are we together? So, God was, so his nakedness was never a problem with him interacting. It was never a problem for his interaction with God. Despite the fact that he was naked, he could have interacted with God. In fact, do you realize that at the point when God actually came, now, all the other people said things like, you know, God is becoming the pool of the 
position is very important. Do you realize that that particular portion of scripture where, where the voice of the Lord came in the school of view was the first time actually that the Bible writes it? The Bible never said that God used to come in the pool of the that never. That was the first time it came. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Also, I'm not interested like that. Well, you probably, I'm not interested about You know, Bible also often said, you know, man was eating, man was only eating of the food of the world. It was eating of God's food, like the food of the world. No. It was eating of the food of the world. It was eating of the food of the world. What kind of food does not have or orange is orange has joy? What kind of food does not have joy? It's like sorry. Just give me one. Gardin egg. Gaba. Which one is worse in Gaba and Gardin egg? Gardin egg. He has you didn't just say Gob. You are 30 plus. You don't have you can't you are 30 plus, you have to be. So it, it has to be gardin egg. Even though it's green. But anyway, it's not about color. The devil is to be dead. So so you know, so you know, the trouble has to be that So I mean, they are deleting, they are deleting half, 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 half. They are feeling, you know, they are feeling half because they don't feel like very simple, very diverse, spicy food of life. What they have to So now I say, ah, this trouble has to be that. They will not say, is it that bad? They are not like Ah, it's not bad actually. I mean, green. It's not really right. Let me do the food. So you know, some of us think that's what happens in general. But you realize also. That we are never told that Adam or Eve ate anything until that day of the day. Never we told. The first time we see them actually eat something in Genesis was the tree of the of the And this is actually a very important topic, actually. They say a lot that more I'm going to say about this. But those are just two because it gets your mind right. The way I study it, the problem is that even though we are reading something, we are still reading it with what we always had. So even when you are clearly reading it, before you are telling you do something different, somehow in your mind, I don't really think I'm together that. So now I just told Sarah that to just say this. This is even the point I'm trying to make. That at the end of the day, when we see God's interaction with man, man had always been naked. Man was created naked. Man was created naked. When God was coming to meet man in the garden, God knew he was naked because God created him that way. Are we together? So can you say that the nakedness would have never been the problem? Glory to Jesus. That's not all. Now, pay attention to something too. Now, people will say, you know, man, man's eyes got open and he saw that he was naked and that's the problem. No. I'm going to explain something to you. If man's eyes got open and then he sees that he's naked, is the issue that he is naked or is the issue that he believes his nakedness is a problem with God? Because why? If I open my eyes and suddenly I say I'm naked, I didn't make myself naked. Well, it is. I didn't make my devil naked. You know, there's, there's that age that they call the age of realization, which is the kids. Where kids actually become aware. Child doesn't look at his hands. Like, now, now the child doesn't look at his hands. And then, because he now finds out he has a hand, now, he does not know. No, he discovered he has a hand. He was like, oh wow, I have here. Oh, interesting. Do you understand? So the problem with the discovery in the garden of Eden, he found out that he was naked. Like, okay. I mean, I when you're asking that the other person is naked. Like, just like, that's what we do around here. That's skinny people. No problem. Just like, fine. That's what it is. But, the issue, clearly, wasn't just the fact that he was naked. The issue was that he saw the nakedness as a reason, or as a problem, in his interaction with God. And that was the reason, pay attention. 
Even after, when the voice of the Lord came, notice now, notice the mighty father that he was he covered himself with fig leaves and so on and so forth, right? Are we together? But notice that even when the voice of the Lord came, even though he was already covered with fig leaves, what did he do? If the problem was his nakedness, there was already fig leaves. If, if the issue really was about him being naked, he has covered himself with fig leaves now. Why can't he start before God and talk? Because the problem really was not his nakedness to himself. The problem was his knowledge of what that nakedness meant to God. Amen? Are we together? But do not also forget, because I mean, he did not, his eyes did not suddenly become both open and developed, you know, sensitive amnesia, where he forgot, he, he still remembered God's command. So, do you understand? So, meaning he remembered everything God had told him before. Meaning he, he would have also known that when God told him this thing, I was naked. Why? What changed between, so clearly nakedness did not change. He had always been naked. Are we together? What changed between then and now was before I could talk with God naked and there was no problem. Now I see my nakedness as a problem to talk with God. Are we together? And that's the reason why the moment that God's voice was, um, God spoke in the garden, you know, Adam, where are thou? You know, he said, I heard thy voice and I hid myself. Alright? Because I was, because I was ashamed. Alright? And then he now said, and then God now said, who told you that you have you eaten of it? So meaning, God knew from his response about his naked, about his knowledge of his nakedness, that the only way that could have come about was the truth of knowledge of good and evil. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, I feel like I'm already explaining that this It's more elaborate in the series. So, please go and see. The point I'm not trying to explain to you is that what you see that the truth of knowledge of good and evil actually symbolizes really what is there is a change of information. At some point, your nakedness is not important. So, here's the thing. I, I want you to really understand what it means when it says his eyes were open to his nakedness. His eyes being open to his nakedness is not an awareness of the fact that he's naked. Because that's really not a problem. It's not an awareness of the fact that you're naked. It is you believing that that nakedness is a barrier in your communication with God. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? So, the issue in itself is not the nakedness. I was created that way. I didn't make myself naked. If the issue was nakedness, the moment he covered up himself with people, he would not have had any problem standing before God. Because the nakedness was the issue. Are we together? But for the fact that even with the nakedness, he, he still had to hide. It means it had to do with his interaction with God. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? That's very good. As with his interaction with God. So, what, the, what was the difference? Now, pay attention to the devil's interaction. When the devil came, notice, the devil did not come and just say, is this he says, Sir, we say, did God say that you did not eat of everything in the garden? How is that possible? Come on. Now, before, in Genesis 2, verse 16 to 17, what was God's instruction? God said, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. Alright? For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. The question now begins to come. Really, ask yourself this question. Was the tree of life a tree of peace? Was the tree of life a tree of peace? Of all the people that in that may have really eat. But planted the tree of life. But that's just, what I'm trying to do is just to get your mind. Just let your mind just wonder. Just let your mind just think of different things. And hey, this is all stuff now. Amen? I like the look of you people's face now. Exactly. 
that look, that's something realization when you realize the genesis you know is not the genesis that it, that it is. That that like I like it. It's very good. Now now, now that I read the Bible again. Now chances are when you're reading now you're saying, hey, ah, wow. So this is what I do. Wow. So I thought, wow, wow, wow. very good. That's very good. So but now let's move from that part to the devil. So what the devil said. Now the devil says, did he say she might have everything? He said no. He not say she might have everything. He just said that kind of everything, but this one you must not talk women. He did say you must not. He just said you must not. He did say you must not talk. But sir, you must not touch it. He said that we don't do it. He said you will not die now. In fact, you will be like him. You will not do that. Yes, sir. She had looked at it. This thing is not so bad. Though. You know, it's just like today. Maybe there's one guy that's asking you. He's asking you, asking you. He's not one. He's not one. I don't do it. Then one of the friends just comes and says, "I'm sharing. What's the problem? What's this thing? Ah, let's tell me." Let's continue. <laughs> so, so I was saying, yeah, but, but you guys actually looking very good. I was looking very good. What's happening? Are we going somewhere? This is where I think I can. Oh, this place is bad. Anyways, now pay attention to something. Now, of course, the interaction with the devil and the woman goes on, right? And then, after they eat the food, what she should find is that the primary thing that changed was their knowledge. Do you realize that? That means what their knowledge actually changed about, really, pay attention to this now, was their knowledge about who God was changed. Why? Because before, they knew God as somebody who would interact with them even though they were naked. But now, because, so in the recent time, their eyes were open to their nakedness. What their eyes were really open to was their view about who God was changed based on what they knew. So before it was, I mean, even if I'm naked, there's no, there's no problem. But now I'm naked. Ah, there's a problem. Are we together? And even because this, this one lets you know is more about the idea about God and not them. Even after they use fig leaves, they still eat themselves. Because it was not so much about. So it's not that they saw themselves naked. Ah, I'm naked. No. Because if, if that was the issue, they saw themselves with fig leaves. That's not a problem for them anymore. Are you, are you with me? That's not a problem for them. Cover yourself with fig leaves now. You can start. So that means. Now, I'm no longer seeing myself naked. That's no problem for me anymore. But the issue was, so far, this person recognizes the fact that I am naked. There's always, always going to be a problem. So even if I use me to cover myself, it's still not good enough. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? As I said before, one listen to our series on salvation. There's a lot more elaborate stuff there about it. But now, look at 7 Corinthians 11 and 3. A very, very interesting edition of what I just, you know, in your study of the Old Testament, must always learn to try to find in the epistles where it was explained. Do you realize that this entire thing that happened in Genesis, all just summarized it as one thing, Romans chapter 5 and 12. It says, about, As the Roman sin entered the world and dead by sin. All the apple, this one, that one, by one man sin entered the world dead by sin. Death was the phenomenon for all that sin. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's what it is. But look at that one in chapter 11, from the epistles. Now, pay attention. It says, But I fear this by any means, as the serpent beguiled you. Somebody say beguiled. Say beguiled. Now, the word beguiled there is not to be a guy. It actually means to deceive. I don't have to be saved. I don't have to say it. In case you do. That's what Alright? The word there, beguiled, actually means to deceive. So he says, I fail it by any means as the serpent deceived Eve through his subtlety. So what he did was to deceive her. But look at what he says. He says, So also your mind shall should be corrupted in the simplicity in Christ 
So, in other words, trying to say, what this happened actually did to Eve was to deceive her from a particular thing. Because notice the way the deceiving works. The deceiving always works from deceiving from something to something. So he says, so also your minds will be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. So it will be corrupted away from the simplicity in Christ Jesus. Now let me know. This is where you get interesting. The word simplicity here. Alright. Now I've heard people say, you know, you know, in teaching God's word. Okay. God is not simple. <laughs> Amen. Ah, it's not simple. The same Paul that all of us believe in Christ Jesus. The same Paul said this. Oh, sorry, you don't Paul. This is what about Paul. In second Peter 3 verse. He says, he likes to know that this means that something hard to do. Amen? Hard. Say, say hard. Say hard. Good. Ah, is hard though. If you don't let anybody like you. Hallelujah. Bible is hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's so good. You know that when you sit down, what? What she do? What she do? What you say? Easy. I'm not doing this. Even Jesus. I told you guys before. Jesus taught people that do not have to do this. He said, 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 Second, 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 second
He says, How that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. What he's trying to say is that, see, even despite the fact that these people were poor, alright, even despite the fact that they were in affliction, they were giving so much. Are we together? And so the word for liberality here is that the word hypnotis. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 11. 9 verse 11. He says, Being enriched in everything through all bountifulness, which caused which caused through us thanksgiving to God. So can you see? Bountifulness. Somebody say bountifulness. Bountifulness. So in other words, when he says your mind should not be corrupted from the he's saying your mind will not be corrupted from the single bountiful giving nature of Jesus. In other words, when we look to Jesus, we only see one thing a giver. Are we together? We don't see somebody who gives also likes to receive. No, we know somebody who gives, but some, like sometimes, other times, you know, you know somebody who he gives a lot, he likes to take He's a giver. But he's not just a giver, he's a, he, he gives bountifully. Say he gives bountifully. Say he gives bountifully. That's how he gives. Are we together? Are we together, guys? Say God, God is a giver. Say God is a giver. So that's how he wants to be known. He wants to be known as one thing simply. So the simplicity in Christ Jesus is that he proves to us one thing. He shows us one thing that is a giver and that is a giver fully. Are we together, guys? So now, based on this knowledge of 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, now go to Genesis 1 or Genesis, Genesis encounter. So, pay attention. God comes to meet them and says, Of all the things that you have here, of the things of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. The devil not makes it look to death. Now, before now, I mean, anybody who hears of what you have done will freely eat. Of which you don't eat. That doesn't sound like what you have done freely eat. Of all the trees here, you can freely eat. This one don't eat. In fact, you, for your best friend, you'll be like, ah, somebody that told me that I can eat everything, I say I should eat this one. It's, it's my best interest. Do you understand my, do you understand my point, guys? Are we together? But now the devil comes to meet you and gives you the idea that there is something that is left for you that God doesn't want to give you. So now, what does the devil do? He attacks your mind about the simplicity in Christ. Or better still, the simplicity still, the single nature of God, which is what? The bountifulness. Put it together, guys. So what does the devil try to do with you? He tries to convince you that, see, he gives you, but there's a part that he really will not give you. Do you understand? So now, now, take that into the nakedness matter. This, this God, even when you were naked, he was talking to you, there's no problem. Now, the devil now comes to you and I know that you talk with you. But you need to be together. So now your mind changes from a God who, despite my nakedness, is ready to talk to you. He is freely giving in that way. That's but now you now change to give his ability to give mercy is a function of how I am. So can you see distortion in knowledge there, guys? Can you see? So what you therefore see, pay attention to this now, is that the sin of man did not just affect man's relationship with God. The sin of man affected man's understanding of God. In fact, the understanding of God is the first thing it affected. Because the understanding was affected, it affected the relationship. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me, guys? Some of you, the reason you are not so close to your parents is because of the idea of your parents you have. And then, have you ever wondered why, okay, for example, have you ever Maybe had a particular lecture that maybe there's just you know, there's just a mindset you have about lecture. Personally, I didn't like. I, I'm very ironic actually. 
But I didn't like lecture. I didn't like it. I did not like it. And not because of anything. I just not because I mean the stories you've always had for me. They're just terrible. They, you know, they will cancel your scripts. They will bomb out of it. So I entered school without that. We never have anything to do with lecture. Except my project work. And even my project work is over there, I'm over here, don't do it. Right? Again, you know, you know, come across some lecturers that are happiness. Very cool guys. Just like, no, they actually really cool. And they want to interact with you and stuff like that. But because of the mindset that you already have with that particular lecturer, you cannot just interact with this person. You're going to get the guys. You don't understand me. That's the way it is. So at the end of the day, the, the issue with your relationship with that lecturer is not necessarily because of the relationship issue. It's a knowledge issue. The mindset you have concerning that lecturer has affected the kind of relationship you can have. Are we together, guys? So in the real sense, the way sin distorted the relationship that we had with God was to first of all affect our understanding of God. The moment this sin affected the way we saw God, alright, it already tarnished the relationship. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So already sin already made us believe you cannot see God as Father. Yet. So it already spoiled. So that's the reason when someone now comes and says, God, God is Father, Father, God of heaven and earth, ah! Man of God. Man of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Okay. So, so as you see clearly, so as, as you see from this process, so what the devil primarily does, or what he did primarily, was to distort our knowledge and our understanding of who God is. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? That was his primary work. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to affect what we think God is. And so as we saw in several times that uh, 11 and 3, he wants to distort your mind from the simplicity, the simple giving nature, the simple abundantly giving nature of God. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So now let's just see some portions of scripture into who God is. James chapter 1 and 5. James 1 and 5. Hallelujah. Praise God. James 1 and 5. Say, I like to hear the word. Say, I like to hear the word. Say, I like to hear the word. Right? No, I don't get to the time. Say, I like to hear the word. I like to hear the word. On your feet, I like to hear the word. Say, I'm a man of the word. I don't get tired with the word. I like to feed upon the word. Say, I can understand the word. Because, because you see, here's a very important thing to me. Alright? The last person you have conversations with people around the world, you can tell that the way you look at the word, that they believe they cannot explain the word. You know, that's why sometimes they look at the word, and you got me. And you know, some people are very annoying to talk to. Because once they, once they get to a brick wall when it comes to knowledge of God, they just begin to only God do. So you two, you're not beginning to think of ourselves. Like, my, are you not trying to make me that I dishonor God? You understand? Because now if you talk more, it's not just that you know more than God. You get me? So when you say only God do, you not just have to give him only God do. Listen, only God knows and you're trying to make me know. Are we together, guys? He says, I'm going to show you very soon one of the things that's good that God does to work. Not just does he grant us access to his feet. That's what he does. Say, I can do. And it's very important because it's, it's actually not shaping how we study the Bible. Listen, if you find any man who is given to proper study of scriptures, it's because at the back of his mind, he believes he can do it. Are we together? I mean, when you know that, you can actually understand this thing. You don't mind spending hours on top of it. Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carysoul.mini at gmail.com. We call you blessed.